Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Nonprofit View. This is a forum where nonprofit stakeholders can share lessons learned and discuss the latest developments in the industry. My name is Valerie Leonard, and I am your host. I'm a consultant to nonprofits, and I specialize in community and organizational development. I work with nonprofit organizations to help them make a stronger impact to their clients and communities. You can find Nonprofit U on Facebook and on Twitter. I encourage you to follow us and to comment early and often using the hashtags Nonprofit U, K-Town Historic District, Paul Norrington, or Historic Preservation. You can join the discussion or leave comments and questions on the Nonprofit U Facebook page. In order for you to post, you must like the page. You can also email me questions at consulting at ValerieFleonard.com. And don't forget to sign up for our mailing list. There's a sign-up button on the top right-hand corner of the Nonprofit U Facebook page. We'll be taking questions by phone and from the chat room at about 2.30 or so. The call-in number is area code 347 Eight eight four eight one two one. Again, that number is area code three four seven eight eight four eight one two one. We also have live chat going. And if you want to participate, you must open an account, and the link is found on the episode page. We're especially looking for people who are interested in community development. If you have an arts and culture bent, folks who are interested in historic preservation. We're really, really, really encouraging you to call in. I will share as many stories as I can and put as many people on the phone as I can. And if we run out of time, I will respond sometime after the show. Again, if you have any specific questions, you can email me at consulting at ValerieFLeonard.com. That's F as in Frank. So before we get started, I just want to share a brief overview of the North Lawndale community for those of us who are not familiar with the community. North Lawndale is located about three and a half miles west of Chicago's downtown area, and as of the 2010 census, about 38% of the residents live below the poverty line, and I think the number is actually higher since the 2015 um, check has come through. Unemployment for all people is about 18%, and this doesn't include discouraged workers, and that's almost twice the unemployment rate for the city of Chicago, which was 11% during the 2010 census. When we look at unemployment among young adults, the figure exceeds 54% according to information on the Staines Family Foundation website. The community ranks in the top five for crime and is ranked in the top three for communities with the most school closings in the city of Chicago when we close 50 schools. Most of the community would be characterized by city planners as quote-unquote blighted. We now have covered the majority of the land mass of the community. But in spite of the negative manner in which the community has been characterized in the media and by city planners, there are a number of great assets in the community. 
For example, we have a higher concentration of historic gravestones than any other community in the city of Chicago. North Lawndale is home to the historic Douglas Park, which was designed by famed landscape architect Jens Jensen, and the transportation infrastructure is better than most areas in the city. We have access to major roads, expressways, and public transit, and most importantly, the people are some of the nicest on the planet, and you'll see that when we talk to Paul. So again, I invite you to call in to the show at the half-hour mark, to, and that number is 347-884-8121. You can also leave questions and comments in the chat room or go to the Facebook page and like Nonprofit You and leave comments there. We would love to hear some of your experiences with using community history to drive positive change. Again, all perspectives are welcome, including the pros and the cons. Today's topic is using history to drive positive change. We'll talk about ways communities can use their history and culture to improve their community development as well as attract economic development. We have extended our podcast to an hour, and we encourage you to call in with questions, again, at the 30-minute mark. And you can start posting in the chat room right now, or if you want, you can email questions or start posting on Facebook. And again, if you want to participate in the live chat, you must open an account, and a link to open the account is found on the bottom of the episode page, assuming that you're looking at the Blog Talk radio page. That call-in number is 347-884-8121. Again, the number is 347-884-8121. If you don't have a pen and pencil handy, you can, you know, if you're looking at the Blog Talk radio episode page, you will see that number on the episode page at the top. Today's guest is Paul Norrington. Paul is the president of the K-Town Historic District Association. When Paul suggested that President Obama build his library in North Lawndale, his neighbors, and I'll include myself in that number, I'm his neighbor, we laughed him to scorn. UIC, or the University of Illinois at Chicago, eventually partnered with the North Lawndale community to submit a bid that made it to the final round of the Obama Presidential Library site selection process. So as a result of that effort and the momentum that was gained around the bid, there's heightened interest in redeveloping the North Lawndale community. In fact, the site that Paul selected is now um, under serious consideration to be redeveloped for commercial and industrial use. Paul is currently spearheading the celebration of North Lawndale's 150th anniversary, and he's working with the Chicago History Museum to rewrite the Wikipedia article on North Lawndale. So I want you to join us for a very lively conversation on how communities can focus on their heritage to drive positive change. And again, you can post in our chat room. You can send emails. You can post on Facebook after you like the page. Okay, so enough of that. Um, I want to thank you so much for joining us today, Paul. 
Before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your background and what drives you to champion North Lawndale where most people have written the community off? Well, uh, thank you for having me, Valerie. Uh, I was born in North Lawndale. Uh, I, I spent my entire youth here. Uh, adult years, of course, took me away as as it does with many adults. But I came back in the year 2000 and and saw that uh, uh, the community was facing some challenges that it did not have before. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, with with that in mind, uh, I reconstituted our block club, and and once our block club got back up and running, that attracted the attention of uh, the local office of Neighborhood Housing Services. Um, Charles Leakes was the was the director of that office at the time, and mm-hmm. around 2004 2005, we started working together on his idea. Uh, to make the area that I live in uh, a historic district. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about what those boundaries are? The K-Town Historic, historic well, uh, I was, uh, during the process, I was hoping that we could use a name other than K-Town Historic District because uh, technically K-Town, the K-Streets run all the way up into Skokie. Uh, so <laughs> we have just a small portion of that. We're from, we're between uh, Pulaski and Costner, and Cermak on the south, and Cullerton on the north. It's roughly about 16 blocks. It's one of the largest historic districts in the state. Oh wow! Okay, so are you guys thinking about changing the name to make sure it kind of um, reflects? I guess more specifically, where it is, you know, you know because it, it is in North Lawndale, but but there are other K streets that that are north. Well, yeah, there are K streets that are north of the boundary, but you know, is there any consideration given to make it more specific? Well, unfortunately, uh, we were placed in the National Register of Historic Places in 2010 on September 9th, mm-hmm. and and at that point. K-Town Historic District became our official name as far as as far as the the uh, register is concerned. So it would be difficult to go mm-hmm. back and change that now. Okay. All righty, but it was definitely a valiant effort. So can you tell us a little bit more about what an historic district is and then describe some of the steps that you guys went through to help create the district in North Lawndale? Um, historic district or historic designation being placed on the national register uh, gives it gives us national recognition, but it does not um, put any types of uh, restrictions on what to do with your property. Uh, mm-hmm. Landmark status, you have to go through uh, an approval um, process in order to make changes to your to the property. If we, if mm-hmm. I changed. If I substantially changed my building, uh, the only thing that would happen is that my building would no longer be listed. However, I, I mm-hmm. could I could change it if I wanted to, but that then I would uh, be taking myself out of consideration for some of the tax advantages for being in a historic district. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Um, okay, so so the designation is tied to the location, but not necessarily the building itself. Can can you be a little bit more specific? You know, on what um, basis were we able to get that designation? Uh, a study was done uh, of, on our buildings. I believe our first building was built around 1904. There's uh, mm-hmm. a corner of uh, just just north of Cermak on Pulaski, and it went north and west from there. Uh, the buildings here uh, have remained pretty. This has been a pretty stable community. Uh, for for uh, since since we moved in, uh, very mm-hmm. few vacant lots as opposed to other areas of the community, uh, and because of the stability and the the, the uh, integrity of our buildings and the unique concentration of our buildings is is what allowed us to be placed on the national register. Um, so it is it it is the building, um, mm-hmm. but if we if we change the buildings, we can change the buildings, but we will just lose our historic designation for each individual building. Mm-hmm. Okay, so every person who lived there, you know, as it stands now, their building would be considered historic just because they're in that. District, but if they were to do something that would substantially alter the character of the exterior of the building, then they would be taken off. Is that correct? That that is that correct. However, there are a few buildings within the district that do not uh, meet the standards because they had already uh, gone under uh, some considerable amount of change, <clears throat> so they were never mm-hmm. placed on on the register. Okay, so how can we check to see if if our name is on the roll, so to speak? Well, uh, if our building the, is listed in the nomination papers uh, sent to the to the National Register, uh, there's a description of each building. Uh, I mm-hmm. I have that. I have a copy of that nomination petition. It's pretty thick, and mm-hmm. that can be. Uh, emailed out to to other people if people are interested. Mm-hmm. Okay, I would definitely be interested, but I guess I'm thinking too from an archival perspective. It would be great if you know if you get a website and maybe archive that there. Then you know if there's a um, place for hard copies. You know, I know Blanche and. What the North Lawndale Historical and Cultural Society? You know, maybe they have some ideas. I don't know if they have a physical place to to store, to archive, literally archive, not um, necessarily store like you would regular files, but you know, treat them. Yeah. Uh, Blanche has, has been trying, and and I'm pretty excited about her efforts, uh, along with the North Lawndale Historical and Cultural Society to get a museum opened for North Lawndale. And awesome. and so I'm sure that that uh our nomination uh petition would happily we would happily uh pre- 
uh, present that to them for the museum. Mm-hmm. And as, as far as the website, we we are currently building our capacity uh, as, an, mm-hmm. as a community organization, and at some point, hopefully in the near future, we will have a website. Yeah, that would be great. And, you know, maybe you could partner with Blanche's group. Uh, I don't know if she's listening, but we can make sure she gets a copy of this <laughs> podcast. Um, but it, it would be great if you guys could, could partner on an effort to, you know, archive documents, you know, on the yeah. website first, you know, in you know, while you're waiting for physical building, you know, there could be like a virtual museum, for lack of a better word. Yes, on the that, would, that, would be, that would be excellent, and and I would, I I've worked with Blanche uh, uh, many years on on different projects, and and she is a true asset to the to North Lindale. Mm-hmm. Yes, she is. She is, and she and I worked together with North Lindale Smaller Grants. We worked. You know, she was on the board, and I was the executive director, and we worked on a number of projects, you know, most notably the African Garden Project, where we took folks through a an exercise of researching the history and culture of North Lawndale, and looking at plants that are native to Africa that can also um, thrive in Chicago, and we were pleasantly surprised to see that half the stuff that we plant in our gardens every year <laughs> are native to Africa. You know, plants like geraniums, oh. a number of the the different lilies. You know, hosta lilies. Can can you imagine? Oh, wow. Um, okay. and you know, a, a number of plants. You, you will be a ma- marigolds, canna lilies, calla lilies. So, so you, we were pleasantly surprised. So at any rate, we looked at the arts and culture of various African countries, compared that to what was going on in North Lawndale, and used that information to drive the design of the garden. So I'm sure, you know, Blanche also has those kinds of archives, you know, which goes to the question, you know, how can you use history and culture, especially in a community where people, you know, don't really own the homes, right? So for the most part, I think at this point we might have in Lawndale between 20 and 23% home ownership. So in a community where you don't have home ownership, what do you own? You own your history and culture. But, you know, I, I will say that, um, the area we're talking about, home ownership, is, is much higher. That's another reason why you've been so successful at being able to pull this off, I, I believe. But I digress. This is not about me. This is about you. So forgive me for going on, on that rant. I don't normally do that, but I think you struck a chord. You struck a chord. So on, on that note, what are some of the challenges that that you've experienced going through the process of looking to create that historic district? Well, uh, one of the, outside of the research that that went into uh, uh, developing our status, uh, we had to have community buy-in. So we had to have uh, three-quarters of the residents uh, 
of the area of voting that they wanted to be placed on the list. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that proved to be to be a time-consuming effort. Uh, eventually, mm-hmm. we were we were able to bring the community together for that. Uh, but as as with many things, it's uh, the difficulty is bringing people together. Um, okay, I, so question for you. Question: So, is it res, was it residents or homeowners that you had to? I'm I, I'm sorry. It was homeowners. Yes. Okay. The okay. the owners of the property had to had to vote on that. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I digress. So I, we, we were talking about some of the challenges. So that was one of the challenges: getting the buy-in and the signatures. Yes, and and that that was pretty much the the main challenge. Uh, the the research project uh, was was written up by a university student, Elizabeth Logman, and the pro- the whole project was was funded by the uh, Driehaus Foundation. Mm-hmm. So, what the community had to do. What what I was uh, most involved with was actually bringing us together to actually want to to be listed. Mhm. Yes, yes, yes. And was there pushback from people who didn't trust the process, or was it just a matter of logistics and and herding cats to to pull people along? Yeah, it it was. There was not much pushback. Uh, there were some some uh, expectations that that had to be uh, refocused. I'm I'm a big believer in doing for self. You know, we can be mm-hmm. given things, and and we we've been given things all of our all of our lives, but we don't hold mm-hmm. those as dear as the things we go out and work for. So. Uh, during the process, there were, there was uh, uh, talk about what what can be done for us because of this designation, and and whether whether or not uh, some outside forces could buy banners and have the banners put up for us. Um, mm-hmm. We we rejected that notion, and and instead worked on our own toward uh, getting our own banners. And putting mm-hmm. our own banners up and and doing stuff for self. Uh, oh, that awesome. was that was a a unifying experience for the community. Uh, we we put up and take down the banners each year for the last three years. Um, so and but we're going through a redesign now, and we'll be putting up new banners next year. Okay. So I, I guess that's a great segue to my next question. What are some of the plans or at least you know, some of the visions that you and you know, members of the district may have for the district? Well, this is mainly a, a residential area. Uh, the one business mm-hmm. area, true, true business area that we have would be Pulaski Road between Cermak and Cullerton uh, and just mm-hmm. the, the – uh, the west side of Pulaski, between Cermak and Colorado, mm-hmm. and uh, hopefully that we can make that into our business district. Uh, mm-hmm. At the L stop on on Pulaski, 
Uh, we're hoping to have a sign there saying something like Cape Town Historic District Business Area. And then further down at the, at the west end, at our western boundary, would be the Costner L stop. And there we could mm-hmm. have, a, have a sign just pointing out Cape Town Historic District. On the, <clears throat> the 4200 block of Cermak, well, all of Cermak has pretty wide sidewalks between Pulaski and Costner. Uh, the 4200 mm-hmm. block of Cermak uh, is a business block. Uh, we have a lot of empty storefronts there with wide sidewalks. Uh, hopefully, we could have a, an outdoor cafe at that location at some point. Uh, mm. Along the entire length of Cermak Road from from from, uh, from McCormick Place all the way out to the suburbs to Finley Road, the only place that Cermak has a grass uh, parkway is here in the district. Hopefully we can mm-hmm. we focus some attention on that on that grass parkway and and build that uh, to help the community also. We have uh, we have uh, our own school nearby Mason Grammar School, uh, mm-hmm. right outside of the district, but it's it serves our children. Hopefully, uh, in light of all the school closings, we can. We're working to make Mason a, a magnet school so that oh, hopefully okay. we can keep that open and attract new families to move into the area because of the, because of the school. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, you know, that strategy has worked, you know, very well for the area around Whitney Young. You know, I can remember, you know, being one of the members of the, what, third graduating class? That, that actually went on um, four years. And when I started, there was almost nothing there except for the police academy. That was the newest development. And lots of vacant lots, lots of vacant properties that nobody wanted to live in. In fact, it was a community where, quote, unquote, nobody wanted to live. But now you go there, and those same houses that nobody wanted to live in are going for over a million dollars, and that's a very prime real estate area. So, yeah, schools can be a strong impetus for redevelopment. Yes, and 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 your example of Whitney Young and the area around there brings up the, the question of gentrification. Um, mm-hmm. During all of this, this and the library and everything else that I'm involved, involved with, hopefully that will bring... Um, uh, new investments and new growth to the community, but new investments and new growth can also mean uh, uh, higher property taxes, which would work to push people could work to push people out of their out of their properties, and mm-hmm. that would include me. So, in in mm-hmm. order to to protect against that, I've I've suggested in the past, and I'm continuing to suggest that uh, some form of property tax uh, adjustments be made for people who live in live in this area. And, mm-hmm. and I'll give you a quick example using arbitrary numbers. Take take my property for the last twenty years and what has been the the average property um, tax increase over those twenty years. Let's say it's been three percent. Well I would be locked in mm-hmm. to just a three percent increase from now until 
forever. Um, mm-hmm. And the same with the same with all the other property owners. And as far as renters, take a look at the rent increase for the last 20 years. And again, let's say it's 3%. Well, those renters would be locked into just a 3% increase as mm-hmm. long as they live there. Um, but this isn't this isn't forever. Uh, I'm not proposing right. this, uh, that that it just go on and on and on. I'm proposing that it, it be put in place long enough for us to raise a new generation who does everything we want them to do: go off to school and then go off to college, and then uh, get those jobs, get those those high-paying jobs that would allow them to come back to North Lindell to live at market rate. Uh, mm-hmm. That way the property could stay within the, the family structure uh, go, going on and on into the future, while at the same time we would be moving forward also because we've been kind mm-hmm. of stagnant for the last 50, 60 years. Yes, yes, yes. So those are some great, great ideas. And, you know, perhaps we could talk more offline, you know, about how to push them forward. You know, they're, they're very much warranted because, as you and I know, at some point those property values have been artificially inflated right before the bottom fell out of the real estate <laughs> market. and and, <laughs> and now, you know, to some degree, the real estate market is still in flux, but yeah, I I definitely see a, a need for what you're talking about, but not to belabor that point. Um, I, I wanted to remind our listening audience that you're listening to Nonprofit You, and we're speaking with Paul Norrington. Paul is the president of the K Town Historic District Association. And we're talking about the potential to use a community's history and culture to drive positive change. And as you're hearing, you know, Paul is um, definitely using history and culture to the advantage of folks, you know, in North Lawndale. So we'll be taking questions very shortly. The call-in number is 347 884-8121. Again, that number is 347-884-8121. And those of you in the chat room, feel free if you have any questions, um, any comments, and just let us know know, how how you think the show is going. Um, If you have any experience with what we're talking about, let us know. Um, Some of the questions you know, that we would ask of you is if you know of any examples where a community's history has been used to drive community improvement or economic development and tourism, you know, let us know. Um, And then, you know, we want to know if you've actually gone through this process before and what some of the challenges you've had or some of the challenges you foresee just from listening to what we've been talking about before. So what are some of the challenges you foresee with respect to using a community's history and culture to drive positive change? So think about your answers in post. Think about your answers and call in. And if there are any other issues you want to get out there, feel free to let us know. So on that note, Paul, can you share with us you know, the mission of the K-Town Historic District Association. You are the president. 
and we want to know what your mission is, how you got started, and I think you might have mentioned the boundaries before, but if you can repeat them, that would be great. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't catch the last thing that you said. Okay, can you let us know what the boundaries are? I, I know you mentioned them very early on, but, you know, if you can repeat the boundaries as you, you know, talk about um, what the mission is, how you got started, and then okay. you share what your boundaries are. Well, our, our boundaries are the west side of Pulaski to the east side of Costner and the north side of uh, Cermak Road to Cullerton Street. Um, mm-hmm. Our mission is to attract new home ownership, preserve preserve the homes that we have now, uh, attract new new home owners, uh, and hopefully, by building up the historic district, it would benefit all of North Lawndale. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's awesome. Okay, so how did how did you get started? Was the association developed basically as a result of developing the district, and you had to have some association to govern it, or what, what, you know, what was that about? As, as I was working with with Charles uh, on on getting the designation, uh, I realized that once we had that designation, we had to have an organization to do something with it because it's it's a that designation is is pretty significant and and mm-hmm. could be could be a a real asset um so i i met with some uh, other block club presidents in the area and the same day that that uh, we were placed on the on the national register we formed the association mm-hmm. okay awesome i i think that was a smart move yeah, we often think about things like creating a district, but we don't think about okay. Well, what do we do afterwards? You know, how do we make make sure it's going on? So it's good, you know, it continues. So it's good that you put that in place for the community. And two, what what I like about your work is it's not limited to historic preservation. You know, the preservation, you know, the history. That sounds like a, a great rallying point, but you're also interested in other things like public safety, community pride, and transportation. And, and I know you kind of touched on some of this in your other answers, but you, can you share some insights as to, you know, what you're doing now in some of those areas? Uh, well, uh, all of, all of it is is really connected, uh, but. Uh, not in an obvious way. In 2009, mm-hmm. I'm going to uh, switch, kind of switch topics here. In 2009, uh, uh, during President Obama's first inauguration, uh, there was a mention made of, of President Bush's presidential library, and right then it struck me. Well, we have we have a a, a black president from Chicago whose main uh, interest was initially building community, uh, building community empowerment. Uh, mm-hmm. So here we have a black community uh, on, in Chicago uh, 
uh, that's suffering the, some of the same conditions that he was working so hard with in his community organizing days to change. So mm-hmm. if we step forward uh, and uh, and pursue the library, that would show him and the world that this community still felt good enough about itself to reach for something so high. Well, as I was mm-hmm. going around talking to people about that, I would get the re- almost universal response, that would be great, that would be wonderful, but it would never happen here. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that and that would... And you get would, some laughter, too? Well, yeah, and some <laughs> laughter, and, and, oh, yeah, I'm being Don Quixote, uh, tilting at windmills. Uh, but what that said to me was that we had a problem with uh, self-esteem, that we felt that we weren't worthy of, of reaching for something so glorious. Uh, so my, at that point, when I made that realization, my goal wasn't the library anymore, but self-esteem. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. The historic district, the library, and everything else I do is geared toward raising raising our spirit it's um if we if we look outside and we see the the trash on the ground the we hear the news reports every sunday with the with the casualty reports for for the weekend the the uh low performance in school i think that self esteem mm-hmm. uh is attached to all of those things and by raising our self-esteem, uh, all of those things could be addressed uh, more efficiently. So uh, that said, the the library became uh, a focal point to raise our self-esteem. Mm-hmm. The the historic district has become a focal point to raise our self-esteem, and everything else that mm-hmm. that I do that that we may talk about today uh, is geared toward that. That's awesome. So, so basically, you're using these big, hoary ideas or hairy ideas, audacious ideas to galvanize people from all over the community. What What I like about your approach when you pull the committee together for the Obama Presidential Library is, you know, you said, you know, let's not just look at this little parcel of land, let's look at it, you know, within the context of this whole West Side region, you know, because originally you you thought of it as West Side, Obama Presidential Library, Um, but but like I said, I I like the approach where you looked at not only the Chicago region, but uh, looking at western suburbs, looking at things like our proximity to Midway Airport, as well as O'Hare, and you know the gateway to the western suburbs. So, so that was very, very innovative, very inspiring. And I think, as I said before, as a result of that bid, there's been renewed interest in yes, North Lawndale. Uh, there, there were uh, finally there were 13 bidders from across the the nation, from Hawaii to mm-hmm. New York, um, mm-hmm. Bronzeville here. Uh, tried for it. Pullman tried. There was a uh, a 4.5 billion dollar uh, project on the northeast. I'm, I'm sorry, on the southeast side, the uh, 
the lakes lakeside development uh, at the mm-hmm. old U.S. Steel plant. They were trying. Uh, there were a lot of communities that tried. Uh, in the end, mm-hmm. when the final four were announced, it was uh, Hawaii, New York, University of Chicago, and us. Uh, and the University of Chicago, Hawaii, and New York were all universities that were that had put their bid together and presented it. Our bid, uh, in in partnership with UIC, uh, the community developed its own bid before going out to get a university partner. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, once we made the final four, we were the only community-based bid to make it that far. So that's something for North Lindale residents to be, and Westside to be proud of, and, mm-hmm. and communities like North Lindale all across this country. Mhm. And so you get the last laugh. Well, North Lindale gets the last laugh. <laughs> oh, because we did think you were crazy. <laughs> well, I mean, well, that's a different topic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're like, I'm not gonna confirm or deny whether or not I'm crazy, but <laughs> but I have been vindicated. <laughs> okay, let me stop. Okay, I had to digress. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so North Lindale, we're going to be celebrating our 150th year anniversary, what, in 2019, right? Correct. Um, so can you, okay, so can you tell us a little bit about that celebration, you know, who's involved and how you came to work on it and all that good stuff? Okay, uh, well, again, I'm going to have to go back. Uh, during mm-hmm. the research for our library bid, uh, it, it became uh, became known that North well Lawndale was annexed into Chicago from Cicero in 1869. Uh, that just kind of hung there for a while, and then I realized that 2019 would be 150 years. Um, well, uh, also in 1869, Douglas Park was the the West Park Commission was uh, was established, which means that Douglas mm-hmm. Park will also be 150 years old in, in 2019. Uh, wow. Douglas Park, I've always considered to be the jewel of North Lawndale. Uh, there's 218 acres of a world-renowned park and boulevard system that that makes a, a giant uh, circuitous route. Uh, through the city, and and part of that is Douglas Park right here in North Lawndale. Uh, and there, there are other uh, entities that are also celebrating 150 years. Uh, UCAN, that recently moved into North Lawndale, will also be celebrating in 2019. Uh, so all of that together, uh, realize that uh, uh, we should, we should, uh, make some celebration of that because 150 years of uh, uh, involvement with this with the city uh, should be should be recognized and celebrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, during during the research for the library, I came across Wikipedia, and. Uh, Looking at North Lawndale's Wikipedia page, there are two caveats that pop up. This is only on the desktop mode. If if you look it up on your phone, you won't see it. 
if you go to your go to your uh, desktop computer, you'll see two warnings on our page. One says this article mm-hmm. needs additional citations for verification. Please help improve this article by adding citations to reliable sources. Mm-hmm. The other one says this section needs additional citations uh, and may need to be writ- rewritten entirely. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know what the numbers were for 2016, but in 2015, the first year that Riot Fest was was in North Lindale, 130,000 people. Was that what? No, I'm sorry, 30,000. What? How much? How many was it? Uh, came to North mm. Lawndale, and many of them, know, but... many of them probably never heard of North Lawndale. Uh, mm-hmm. So if they Googled it, the first thing they would probably see is this Wikipedia page. Well, North Lawndale right. needs, needs investment. Uh, we need uh, new life, new families moving in, new businesses. Uh, so we have all these people who are being exposed to us, but then if they look look into us and they see these two caveats on our Wikipedia page, well, the Wikipedia page is sloppy. Well, maybe if the if the page is sloppy, maybe the community is sloppy, and we don't need to be dealing with that anyway. So forget it. So we need mm-hmm. to change Wikipedia. Um, and and the, as everybody knows, the nature of Wikipedia is that anybody can go in and change it. But then that would uh, uh, we would lose the opportunity for our high school students. If our high school students researched our our history uh, and then went in to change Wikipedia, one they would learn uh, college level research skills. Two, mm-hmm. they would gain a new appreciation for their community. Uh, and hopefully for themselves. Three, it would raise the 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 spiritual level of the community by having uh, our students uh, research our own history. So I'm going mm-hmm. around saying this to to a bunch of people. And we mentioned Blanche earlier. I was at a at an on the table meeting uh, that Blanche sponsored, and I'm bringing this up again. And sitting next to me was Peter Alter from the Chicago History Museum. He called me mm-hmm. the next day, and and uh, we've been working together ever since. We've gone into DRW and North Lawndale, North Lawndale College Prep, and and surprisingly, Herzl Grammar School. Uh, and those students have have begun researching uh, our history. Uh, at the end of this first first semester, uh, the they wrote. Papers, and I was really surprised and and uplifted by how much research they had done on their own to with mm-hmm. some facts that they had come up with. Uh, two of our students uh, ha- from North Lando College Prep are are now interns for the summer at the Chicago History Museum, uh, paid interns, uh, mm-hmm. and during during the course of their fellowship there. Uh, they'll also be coming back into the community. Uh, last week, they, uh, you know, the School of the Art Institute of Chicago is in Holman Square. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. they spent spent a day with uh, with the provost of the School of the Art Institute, uh, Paul Coffey, who gave a uh, overview of what the school is doing here in North Lawndale. Then we went down t- to their downtown campus 
for a uh, behind-the-scenes look at the museum and the school down there. Uh, the whole purpose of that is to show that the power and beauty of, of, of the city is also part of North Lawndale. That, that, that's mm-hmm. not a separate thing, that we're all part of the same thing. Uh, they're going to spend a day with uh, North Lawndale Employment Network um, to, to, to be exposed to the sociology of, of their uh, returning, returning citizens program, workforce development on, at North Lawndale, and also their uh, Sweet Beginnings uh, uh, products with the Bee Love and the products they're making from, from their bee encounter uh, that would expose them to, to, uh, to the business that's going mm-hmm. on. And, and North Lawndale Employment Network, is, again, is a nationally known uh, organization that's right here in North, North Lawndale. So I'm I'm sorry I'm rambling on too much about, about these students. No, uh, that's, okay. well, no, that's that's good stuff. That's why I haven't interrupted you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the uh, the Wikipedia project uh, then morphed into starting a uh, a a committee so that we could have a community wide celebration of our 150th birthday in 2019. Uh, you know, a uh, 100 years is a centennial, 200 years is a bicentennial, 150 years is the sesquicentennial. And I know a lot of people have, have a hard time saying that, by, but by 2019, every North Lawndale is <laughs> going to be able to say that word. We we will be <laughs> celebrating our sesquicentennial in 2019. So we brought together, uh, a, like the library, all uh, North Lawndale stakeholders, uh, we have we have representatives from from the community, from the schools, from the art institute, uh, from the from the Chicago Police Tenth District. Um, uh, oh, the the restorative justice program. All uh, mm-hmm. all, of, all of us working together to to move this celebration forward. So I'm asking everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's the history of, of your church? Uh, how long has your church been a part of the community? Uh, did your church have it have a celebration leading up to our grand celebration? And at mm-hmm. our grand celebration, the work that our students do, uh, which also includes going out in the community and interviewing people, doing uh, uh, video and audio interviews of our residents, so the so that our history is told, our history is preserved. And those interviews and the work product of, of our students, along with, with other artifacts, would go into a 50-year time capsule. And that time capsule would be buried at our at our main celebration uh, to be opened mm-hmm. in 2069 at our 200th uh, anniversary, our, at our bicentennial. Bicentennial. So the students that are working on the project now, they will be in their 60s when 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 that time capsule is open, and uh, when the capsule is open and the researchers go in and 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 start 
researching the history of North Line, they'll they'll hear they'll hear your voice, Rowdy, and and many of the <laughs> uh, people who are listening right now. Hopefully, we can we can get their interviews in there also. But there are thousands of stories in North Lawndale, and and all of them uh, adding up to the rich culture that we have. Well, we don't want to we don't want to miss uh, all of those stories. We can't get them all, right? But there's there's a possibility of get getting much more than what what uh, our students or or our committee can get. Everybody has a cell phone, and everybody has a camera on that phone. Uh, mm-hmm. In the in the very near future, we're going to post some questions uh, out there so that everybody can take their cell phone and go and 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 interview every sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety year old person that you know, um, mm-hmm. and then upload those interviews so that they can be incorporated into our time capsule also to get a, a richer, deeper, more inclusive history of our community. You know, uh, out of the... I'm sorry? Oh, I was just saying, that's awesome. Out of the 150 years, uh, the first 91 of those years, uh, North Lindale was predominantly Eastern European. Well, mm-hmm. uh, uh, our community has not just North Lindale, but the black community in general, has suffered from uh, uh, manipulated history uh, for as long as we've been here. So I I don't want to be guilty of the same thing. So those first 91 years have to be recognized also. Uh, So we're also bringing in, uh, we're reaching out to the Eastern European uh, community to to bring in their stories, their artifacts mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. of North Lawndale. Uh and the way I see it, as things are going and and the community is building and growing, uh, our story could be lost. And and in order to preserve that, we need we need everybody's help. Yes, yes, yes. Now on on that note, I, I just want to take a a very short break just to share a couple announcements and then we'll wrap up. So the the first thing is there's going to be a free nonprofit capacity building workshop. I'm doing this around the city of Chicago to help nonprofits get a better understanding of what it takes to build organizations that stand the test of time. Interesting, we're talking about time capsules. So the next workshop I'm going to be doing is going to be in partnership with Cook County Commissioner Richard Boykin, Build Chicago, and the Independent Bulletin newspaper. That's going to be on July 22, 2017, from 11 o'clock a.m. to 12.30 p.m., and that's going to be at Build Chicago at 5100 West Harrington, I'm sorry, Harrison, and you can register at ValerieFLeonard.com. If you go to the front page, you will see a link to the registration link you know, as you scroll down. And then another thing I want to call your attention to is the fact that over 40% of Chicago organizations have lost their tax-exempt status between 2010 and now. And I'm going to be hosting a 30-day compliance challenge. And this is a series of webinars to show nonprofit leaders how to maintain their 
paperwork and get it up to speed within about 30 days of completing the series. And you can also register for those webinars at ValerieFLeonard.com. So I just wanted to pull your attention to that. And um, at this point, we've got about five minutes left, and I want to remind everybody that we're talking to Paul Norrington. Paul Norrington is the president of the K-Town Historic District Association, and he's done an excellent job of letting us know ways that communities can use their story to drive positive change. Um, if there are any final questions, you can give us a call at 347 884 8121. Again, that number is 347-884-8121. And if you're in the chat room, please feel free to post a comment or a question. And if time permits, we can share with our other listeners. So in the meantime, we have come to the end of our show. Again, you can call. We've got about four minutes. Um, but We've come to the end of our show, and I'd like to thank Paul Norrington for being our guest today. And, Paul, um, just want to know, do you have any parting thoughts? And you can let folks know how they can get involved in this work, how they can reach you, if you have any upcoming meetings or events, you know, to let us know. Well, um, as far as upcoming events, uh, this isn't my mm-hmm. event, but... but uh, I, I am a I am Farragut class of '69. I just want to point out that uh, that Farragut's annual picnic is going to be on July 29th at Douglas Park. Mm-hmm. I believe it's the the largest. I was told it was the largest uh, high school alum gathering in the state every year. Wow! Uh, wow! So that being said, uh, North Lawndale, this. This is North Lawndale's story. This is North Lawndale's project. I'm, I right now the the sesquicentennial committee is just the the focal point for the, for that. But we need you. We need everybody listening to this. We need North Lawndale to pull go into its attics and its its the back of the drawers and closets and trunks and pull <laughs> out the old pictures and and artifacts. Let's preserve our history and stand up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and show the world that we're proud of our history and show ourselves uh, because there's plenty to be proud of. Uh, yes, we don't indeed. have a website yet. We're, we're just getting started. But in the meantime, uh, any further news on, on the sesquicentennial uh, will be on my Facebook page, New North Lawndale. Uh, so please monitor that for, for any future developments. Awesome. Okay, so that's how people can get in touch with you by liking that page and posting and reading some of your posts. Yes. Okay. Awesome. So I want to thank everybody for listening to Nonprofit You Blog Radio Talk Show today. And most importantly, I want to thank you, Paul. You have cut my head open and poured lots of knowledge. You know, it's funny, you and I talk all the time, but I learned a whole lot today that I just didn't know. You've been holding back on me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and I want to thank so, you for for uh, for inviting me on, on to talk about this. 
and and thank you for all the great things that you've done for North Rondell. Uh, I don't know if I have time or not, but when I first got started in the community work, the one name I kept hearing over and over and over was Valerie Leonard. Uh, <laughs> you have been a real asset to this community, and we are blessed to have you. Well, thank you. I, I noticed you put more emphasis on, on the first <laughs> the first part of the word asset. <laughs> the okay, I, I digress. It's time to go. <laughs> All right. So it's time to go, but the show has been wonderful. I learned a lot. Um, the podcast will be available for download within about an hour. We encourage people to share it early and often the Chicago way. And be sure to tune in next week when our guests will be Christopher Lafayette, Carlos Luna, and Mike Palaguachi from Chicago Veterans. And you're a veteran too, right? I am not. You're not? Okay. For some reason, I was thinking you were. But, but thank you for your service anyway. You've done a heck of a lot for North Lawndale. Thank so you. Until Beth. then. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to let you go now, and you take care, and thanks again.